Welcome to the Geek Explore Not Off-Topic Debrief. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson, and we're here to blather about some bullshit. Yeah. Let's get right to it. Wait, no, let's not. Hey, how you doing, Ben? Oh, I'm, I'm doing pretty well, you know. I uh, I just got back from A&D Con 2021, uh, the Authors mm-hmm. and Dragons convention. Uh, it was a fucking blast. Um, but uh, air travel fucking sucks. So More than normal? Yeah, yeah. Of our four flights, three of them were delayed and or had to be changed. Oh, gross. Yeah, it was super lame. My wife was all excited because like the morning we checked in to return our flight from Chicago back to Sacramento, it was only like a hundred bucks each to go to first class. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of hungover. I don't, I want first class. But then our first flight was so delayed, we were going to miss that flight and we had to rebook onto, you know, go through Dallas instead. And they didn't have any first class slots open. Son of a bitch. That's something I need to try one of these days. I've still never flown first class. I hear you got to do it. I've only done it once and uh, it's hard to go back. I mean, it is like you have the space that a human should be given. You know, you don't feel like a chicken like those far, those mass farm chickens cut, living in a little coop th- your whole life. Yeah, you or a little veal. Out. Yeah, and they give you, uh, you you get drink service before the plane takes off. Oh, damn. First time I did, like, I was, the plane had taken off, like, would you like something to drink? And I was like, a beer? And they were like, yes, sir. And handed me a beer. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. You know, can I get a hot towel now? Yeah. And I didn't even have to pay for it. Like, it was all included. It was fucking great. I think I had, like, six beers on the flight from Houston to L.A., <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Jeez, oh, did you end up groping uh, flight attendants and punching a punching a male flight attendant in the face, getting taped to your chair? No, I asked them to tape me to the chair. It was uh, it's kind of a kink thing. They were they, yeah, yeah. They, they obliged. Oh, do you guys have nipple clamps? I'm like, well, yes, sir, we do. This is first <laughs> class. But uh, yeah, no. Otherwise, the con was fun. I'll talk about it a bit more later. How have you been? Um, I've been all right. Uh, I also took off out of town, as you know, but nobody else does. But I drove, and that sucked. I drove up to Idaho to visit my folks. It was about uh, eight hours, eight and a half, all said and done each way. And boy, Nevada is boring, especially on the way back with all the smoke from the uh, from the wildfires. Holy ah. crap, dude! Like just like hazy white sky instead of even like blue sky and and some hills in the distance oh man it like i thought i was gonna go bonkers we actually sang 99 bottles of beer on the wall from beginning to end i've never done that in my life (laughs) ouch that sounds yeah really boring oh my god it took like 15 minutes it was absurd and the amount of like i spy or 20 questions that we played i spy is not great in nevada there's not a lot to see that's true. We always yeah. we always play that uh, either like a, an alphabet game, you know, where you've got to like name something alphabetically and remember the thing before it. I think my kids are something like my grandma bought me, you know, an alligator. And then the next person is say like she bought me an alligator and a banana. And uh, once someone fucks up, they're out. That would have been a lot of fun. It's a good time waster in a car. Yeah, yeah, we that song took us about 15 minutes. Yeah, or we go through the alphabet trying to like spot things that we're passing that that are on, you know, alphabetical. Yeah, I was even thinking, you know, you could you could do like okay, name candy bars. Go. And yes. then, and then, you know, like that that classic little uh little what was that in? Is that in seen it? Was that like a tiebreaker when you'd have to go back and forth naming things until someone couldn't do it? Yeah, it's it's in. I feel like that was in seen it. I haven't played as much seen it as you. That's for sure. I haven't played a lot in a long time. I have played uh, a game where that was the tiebreaker. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I mean, and as people can hear from our back and forth, and probably not so much the audio quality, uh, we are remote today because boy, I hung out with somebody who tested positive for COVID a couple days later, and like so far, I've tested negative. I've got no symptoms, but uh, I'm gonna stay at home. That's what I'm doing for a while. I'm vaccinated, so they say I can move around, but my kid is not. So she's quarantined for another week. My son is also quarantined because some kid in his class tested positive on the second fucking day of school, guys. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, we made it through. We made it through the, yeah, the three days of school there were this week. And now she's going to miss a week. It's so fucking stupid. You know, I was thinking about it. I was like, I'm not sure why they didn't just require a negative test to go back to school. Because then at least yeah. you would have weeded out anyone that was walking in with it and didn't know about it. Yeah, it's it true. Might have started a little bit better. I don't fucking know. 
seeing all your family at the end of uh at the end of summer yeah so uh fuck what not covid related thing do you want to talk about john oh um well let's see it's weird it it has only been two weeks since our i think it's been three wait a minute yeah. oh it has been it's... a third week because of that creator corner with us taking a week off okay yeah because i was looking at my notes and i was like holy shit like these all seem very old like I, w- I was doing the whole, you know, thing we normally do where we just see something cool and we uh, and we write it down to talk about later. But uh, see, did you see um, the Chucky trailer for the new sci-fi series? No, I didn't. Oh, it looks good. Do they got the same dude voicing him? Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Brad Dorif. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And it, it looks like it's uh, much more traditional as far as like, well, okay. It's a doll again. I, n- I never saw the reboot of Wait, uh, was of it, Child's Play. Was it, was it ever not a doll? Well, in the in the reboot, there's a lot more like Bluetooth and technology and like controlling of like alarm systems and shit. Like 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 a lot more like internet incorporated wow. into it. Again, I never saw it. I've only seen like clip outs and uh, and reviews of it. Uh, Mark Hamill did the voice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He's everywhere. Did it sound like the Joker? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, but this one, this one is a reboot. But it seems like they're taking much more of a psychological angle at it with a kid and his doll, and seems like he's picked on. And you know, it, it seems like there's going to be a lot more question of uh, of who's doing the killing. Oh, and from okay. from what I heard, in when I was watching, like a you know, a, a YouTube video on like canceled child's play sequels and stuff. It seems like that was one of the ideas in an early draft of a, of either child's play or a child's play sequel where, where it was a do like yeah. a Friday the 13th where it turns out the killer is not the killer. Yeah. Maybe something like that. Or, or maybe that like, well, no, from, from something I heard from a last draft that seems, or I mean, from a, uh, from a scrapped draft in the past seems very likely to be the case, uh, you know, after, cause I'd, I'd seen the trailer first. I don't want to say what it, what it was because I feel like it could potentially give away something really cool, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks pretty slick. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I mean, Ch- child's play is one of those franchises that's kind of done all the things it could do under its original premise. So why not go screwing around with it? I mean, it's the thing about 80, 80s like slasher movies that they're different from shit like Star Wars, you know, where there's like a, a meaningful canon. Like the, the purpose of this movie was not world building or, <laughs> no. or character driven. It was, uh, hey, this doll kills people. <laughs> yeah. How do we do that more? And uh, so taking that in a new direction is, uh, you know, is a bit more palatable and interesting to me. Yeah. Because they're not it's like, oh, you're ruining the my child's play lore. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're, you're jizzing all over my childhood by, <laughs> by messing with Chucky. Yeah, do something cool with it. You know, a doll that comes to life and kills people is still scary. So, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. There was also a trailer for the new Dexter without going into it. Look good. Because... To be honest, I don't really remember it well anymore. It's been a few weeks. Like the serial killer or the laboratory? <laughs> the serial killer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there's a new uh, new Showtime limited, uh, limited. I think it's just a one season or maybe just a, like a five episode series. I don't know, catching up. Um, but they had, uh, they had the sister in there and apparently John Lithgow's coming back. So I'm not sure what they're going to do because both of them were very definitively dead. But yeah. he does like to talk to dead people in his memory so i mean i don't i don't think i ever finished dexter but from what i heard the ending of it was a bit wonky it was a bummer yeah okay the the last the last couple seasons were not great and the last episode was extra not great yeah maybe they're like retconning that and they're just going back to like season three and and being like this is what actually happened well they they are they are starting him where he left off yeah, you you can tell that he is where the where the original series left off. Weird. So yeah, I would like to propose a new segment on this show, and I probably should have done it ahead of time, but I only thought of it as I made the note, and then didn't think of it again until just now when I was looking at the note. But uh, I think it would be fun to have a segment called "Why Does This Exist?" Okay, I, I'm I'm presuming you came to this with an example because I I don't have anything off the top of my head. No. 
it'd just be neat. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. No, I, I thought of it because of this example that I've got. So apparently, you know, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Hollywood nut job. Right. Why and, uh, does she exist? Yeah. O- owner of, uh, <laughs> of the goop brand. Ugh. Even just saying that makes me feel sick. They like you to put like jade eggs in your vagina and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, boy, it's bonkers. But apparently, in uh, I just saw a little, just a just a meme on Facebook uh, that that is that in 2020, Gwyneth Paltrow's company Goop launched a $75 candle called "This Smells Like My Vagina." Yep. Needless to say, the candle sold out right away. That's thanks to unbelievable facts. Wait, wait. Uh, they sold what? out immediately. Yes. Ew. It, Do you think I, they it, actually it, smelled like her vagina? I wonder. I mean, I, I mean, and that's that's got to be. It either smells like her vagina and she's like, this is a great idea. Or it was the best piece of marketing that could ever exist ever because people are just like, you know what? I want to know what Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina smells like. I don't. I imagine it wouldn't be a very good smelling uh, candle. It smells like jade eggs. (laughs) I was watching Clarkson's farm with like Jeremy Clarkson running a farm, the guy from Top Gear. Okay. And uh, like as a joke, he made a, a candle called This Smells Like My Balls. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> See, I don't mind that that exists. Like, like, especially since, well, because it's in response. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, I'd be a little baffled. I imagine you'd be tempted to make it smell better than it does or, you know, or pick the real, a, a real good vagina day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you even get the sample for that? Do you like get like a cotton swab? I don't know. You get like one of those guys that mixes perfume and uh, just she just sits there with her legs open and he's like mixing stuff going back and forth. Weird. What are those guys called? Mm. Like the perfer- perfume sommelier guys. They have a perfumeries, perfume, fr- perfumerists. I like that. We'll go with perfumerists. <laughs> uh, but to answer your question, I don't fucking know Pe- because people are weird and gross. I have a feeling that will mostly be the answer. I think maybe <laughs> it, it, this this segment isn't supposed to be answered if it becomes a segment. But I mean, I guess another reason to question why it exists uh, still is uh, I was just looking. I was looking to see into the process or what it actually smells like. But the first thing that popped up was a uh, Texas resident has sued the company after the burning candle for three hours before it became engulfed in high flames. He's saying it it exploded. So I don't I don't know if uh, if that's a a commentary on her uh, combustible uh, lady bits, but are there? Boy, rev- we should probably stop talking about Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. I feel like I'm I'm gonna get in trouble <laughs> eventually. Are there reviews for this? Um, like probably. There, there's got. I be, did not do the research. There's got to be product reviews, right? Can you get? Yeah, you probably can't see. get it on I'll, Amazon. I'll look real quick. So let's see what this really smells like. The, the candle that pretty much broke the internet has a second incarnation, and it's all about orgasms. Here's the full lowdown. What the oh, fucking boy. fuck? So yeah, according, according to uh, candlefind.com, their, their product review of it, with a funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautifully unexpected scent, this candle is made from geranium, citrus bergamot, and cedar absolutes juxtaposed with damask rose, and ambrette seed to put us all in a mind of fantasy, seduction, and sophisticated warmth. None of those things remind me of vaginas. I don't know. Maybe I'm no, ha- no. But it, it seems like it would smell good. Maybe we're hanging out by the wrong vaginas, John. Yeah, no kidding. It, it, they did give it. Oh a, yeah, an authenticity score of one out of five. Oh bummer. I don't think that's a bummer at all. I think that is good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this comes from probably the same article, but it says, we have to imagine a bundle of roses wrapped in suede. Oh, boy. Who would have thought Gwyneth Paltrow was full of shit? (laughs) Well, it doesn't smell like it anyway. Uh, All right. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Gladly. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, So something that, that we all know is happening is, uh, is Michael Keaton is going to be back as Batman in the upcoming Flash movie. They're going to go to the Keaton-Burton-verse for Batman, and we're all very excited. They're, they uh, showed picture, or there was a candid picture of Keaton as Bruce Wayne. But something happened in my life recently that that probably isn't such a big deal, but it it meant a big thing to me, and I'm wondering if anybody else feels the same way. So 
Keaton's doing the rounds uh, with the press for his movie coming up called Protégé. And of yes. course, everyone's asking him about Batman. One of the little interviews I was watching asked him, they're just like, what's it like putting the suit back on? And then he gave a little response about sense memory and whatnot. But what, what really stood out to me is the fact that there's never been so far a 100% confirmation that we're going to see him in the suit. It's all, it's all assumed, and I think it's very safely assumed. It'd be really dumb if they didn't do that. He's an old fucking man. I mean, it would be dumb, I agree, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if that happened. But when he started talking about sense memory and the suit and everything, it, it hit me. I was like, holy fuck, like, Keaton's been in the suit. We are going to see him in the fucking suit. You know, we saw the cave. The cave looks great. I would even be okay with him not being in the suit. I'd be disappointed, but whatever. You know, they're, they're paying respect, obviously, but we're going to see him in a fucking suit. We're going to see Keaton as Batman again, and I'm so fucking excited. Yeah, and I, and I watched that Protégé trailer. Mm -hmm. I'm certain he's not doing any of his own stunts. But, uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it is an action movie where, like, he is fighting. There are presumably Michael Keaton action scenes, so he's not opposed at his age to doing an action movie. Now, yeah. not, not that he did a bunch of the, many of the action sequences in the 89 Batman anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they had a stunt guy for the fighting and a ballet dancer for a lot of the movement. Yeah, yeah. And if you didn't see his face. He was just face, there for, for, that, for that beautiful little face shot of his. Yeah, which means he shouldn't have complained that much about moving around in the suit. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't really have to do much of it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would imagine the most difficult parts of that would be the claustrophobic feeling of, you know, like having your ears closed off, like you can't hear anything and you're just encased in this thing. And then added to that, the having to go to the bathroom. And just the heat. I bet that thing yes. was hot as fuck. These days they can pump in like liquid cooling systems and stuff or like quick releases so you can pop off the top and like stand in front of some big fans. You know, like they've, they've figured out costume technology a lot in the last 30 years, so... I'm, I'm sure he's fine. And like, even, even just the materials, like they're not, it's not going to be like, you know, half inch thick foam latex. Well, yeah, I think the cape weighed like 15 pounds or something, didn't it? <laughs> Ridiculous Jeez. like that. Cause it was solid fucking latex. Ugh. So most of what I'm coming here with is, uh, some shit that I've watched since the last one that, uh, I kind of wanted to talk about briefly. Yeah. And I think top of that list, we'll go the farthest back. Uh, did you finish Masters of the Universe, John? Oh, I did. Yeah. So what were what were your ultimate thoughts? Like, we could spoil it now. It's been out for a while. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has has given their opinions on the internet. That's for fucking sure. Um, honestly, I liked it. Yeah. I, I, I was scared going into it because I had listened to those, you know, those people before it even came out saying like, eh, it's all about Tila and your side, you know, your sidelining He-Man for, for the sake of uh, social justice. I didn't get that at all. No, no, and that's what I was saying. Like, I don't think they're pushing. They're they're not ramming any agenda down your throat. I mean, yeah. I was a little bummed by the lack of He-Man action. There just wasn't yes. that much of it. And uh, supposedly, there's going to be more He-Man than you thought you wanted in episode seven. I'm not even sure what that <laughs> means. Um, I don't think they know how much I want He-Man. He's just going to be standing there, like working out yeah. and like lifting his sword up and down. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, the thing that confused me is, you know, I'm suspecting that they broke it into two deliberately to cause a kerfuffle and piss people off. Because there's no real, like, from what it sounds like, the other half is done. It doesn't even have a release date yet for some reason. But to end it there, where they where that one ends, I mean, it's a good cliffhanger ending. I'll give them that yeah. for a break. But why the fuck that we need a break in a 10-episode, half-hour fucking series, I don't know. Yeah, to crank it out faster. Yeah, but I, I think they, they knew and suspected that this would rowel people up, you know, putting out five episodes of a He-Man show with almost no... With, with Orko getting more screen time than fucking He-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was definitely going to piss people off, and they figured that will make people talk about this show more and get more people to watch it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean... And, and I don't know. I, I kind of don't appreciate, you know, them toying, you know, doing that. Yeah, rather than just putting out a good fucking show that everyone can appreciate. See, I think the break is the problem because if I'm thinking about, you know, a narrative story or if even if there was like a He-Man movie, like, yeah, you know, I, I hate it when origin stories don't give you the hero for the first, you know, like 
50 minutes you know that that's yeah. a pain in the ass and like i i would i would be upset if this were a movie but like it being a series i get it you start with he-man you take everything away you know you strip it down and then you make it the tale of bringing it all back that makes sense and then at the end of the story you know when when okay full spoiler when when he raises that sword and he's like by the power of grayskull and you're like fuck yeah even though you can tell something's going on with with yeah. evil lynn's thing and then Adam just gets fucking run through. Yeah. And then Skeletor grabs a sword. I was just like, bravo. Like, well done. You guys got me so bad because I was, I was so ready for He-Man to fucking make his triumphant return after all this. And to do that, you know, and the story had more going on than just like Tila's band of warriors being tough. You know, like there, there was a lot of supporting cast. The, the fucking Roboto stuff like broke my heart. You know, that, that, yeah. that was a really well-written character. And, um, you know, I, I, yeah, all in all, I think that first half was great. I would love to have seen more He-Man, but I'm not going to complain because I, I can tell by the way it was structured that, you know, th- this gives them an even bigger challenge. Like this was the Empire Strikes Back yeah. for He-Man. Yeah, it's just, there's a big trend to subvert expectations these days. And, I, and you know, I think this does a, a decent job of that. But, you know, a lot of the time people are just doing it to do it, not without any real purpose. And I yeah. don't necessarily think that, that does this, but I think the fact that they broke it up like this it was was meant to build that tension and 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 piss some people off. And uh, I mean, I, and I'm still kind of confused where they say like, you know, oh, the next episode is, you know, it's got so much He-Man in it. I'm not really sure how they do that narratively since... Yeah, it's Skelegod. Yeah, exactly. Like, like Skeletor's got the sword of power. Prince Adam got run the fuck through and is, you know, potentially dead again. Probably not. You know, they got to heal him somehow. But like, I don't see how he gets the sword back in an episode or two without it being a bit anticlimactic. Yeah. Unless they're going to do like <laughs> flashback sequences or something with lots of He-Man. I have I have no idea. So I'm cu- I'm curious where they're going with it. I'm going to watch it again. I'd like to at least know yeah. when the fuck it's going to come out. I and I and I'm just kind of upset that this is where they fucking broke it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. You know, knowing more is on the way, I think makes me feel all right with it. And you know, giving credit where credit's due, like their whole idea of like, you know, the sword wielders like Valhalla sort of thing that they had was yeah. pretty fucking rad. You that get is to see fucking cool. Gray Skull, you get to see uh well, Wonderbread He-Man. There was like there was like a toy that was like an exclusive through like Wonderbread and he's got like the Zodak chest plate but it's black and then it had like the white like it looks like a W. But it was like a He-Man sculpt and and uh they you know worked him into the story. And I want to <laughs> say like the the more like barbarian looking one I can't say for sure if he's pulled from lore, but he reminded me a lot of the original He-Man designs back when he was more just like a Conan before they came up with the whole He-Man story. So I, I felt like it was a nod to that character, but I'm not 100% certain. Yeah. I mean, and I think the only other issue I had with it is Teela's motivation and, and the way she acted just seemed really kind of childish and silly. Yeah. She's basically, fuck everything I've ever known because he lied to me about being he-man or didn't let me in on the secret i mean i can see being like a little offended by that but she seemed to take it way fucking overboard yeah which you know it it seems like an obvious move but at the same time you're running risk of of you know painting the or, or you know giving the writers the uh the look that they're like oh well she's just being overly emotional you know like women all yeah are. i i had a hard time empathizing with tila at all like, come on, grow the fuck up. Like, yeah. really? You're just like, fuck this, fuck magic. I'm going to let the whole world get destroyed because He-Man lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck off. I couldn't, like, identify with her as a, uh, you know, as someone I gave a shit about why she, like, why she cared seemed dumb to me. And her, yeah. and her motivation didn't seem relatable at all. But uh, otherwise, I mean, it was fun. Like, Orko was still an irritating shit. He wasn't... Uh, but he was better. He had a great end. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that was, that was, in fact, yeah, I, I do remember getting a little bit emotional yeah. when, when, when all of a sudden he was actually succeeding in magic and doing well. Yeah. You know, and then, and then I, you know, to be honest, he ain't dead. He's going to show back up in the end. And nobody's dead. 
But yeah. but yeah, so I mean the, the the complaints that you didn't get much He-Man, you also didn't get much Skeletor. You got that weird yeah. like glowy skeleton Skeletor whose voice sounded different too. Oh, that's that's uh that's Scareglow. Oh. He was an original figure. I don't think he was ever in the cartoon series. But but like he was in a comic book too where he was like master of the underworld and he was the keeper of the the dark sword. Oh, well there you go. That tracks. Yeah. <laughs> he reminded me of that guy from what was it, Spider-Man that's used in all the memes? Like, do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? The that meme? Nah, I don't know it. Talking about like you killed my parents, and then he responds with do you, have, do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? I think it was from a Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah. It it could have been from Batman Beyond. Oh, it there was a guy been. named Blight that that, yeah. that had a glowing uh, been skull Batman head. Beyond. Yeah, I'll watch the second part too. No, it's 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 worth my time. My valuable time. <laughs> Um, so what else did you watch? Do we, do we go right to the big boy? Uh, which one's the big boy? The suicide squad. Okay. Yeah. That's a pretty big boy. Yeah. That's a big boy. Are, what, what other boys are there? What are the uh, big boys? What if came out like the first, oh, shit. The first episode right. of what if came out? Oh, wow. This episode isn't going to be as short as I thought. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Let's do what if real quick. Yeah. Stick with or, animation. Or however long it takes. My personal opinion, right off the top, I fucking loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, same here. The animation was fucking great. Like, I wasn't sure I was going to like that style, because it is kind of weird. I mean, it almost looks like it was... It, I, I don't know. The It's the faces, I think. They just look kind of weird to me. They, don't, they look a little unnatural. But yeah. uh, otherwise, like, visually, it looked beautiful and the fucking action was smooth and like the the fight choreography in it was fucking badass so good so dynamic so smooth even like the explosions looked looked odd like yeah. like especially awesome you know the the ink and paint look because this is cell shaded uh animated graphics and the one thing that i was looking because i was looking into the process afterwards because i fucking fell in love with it i was like this is so unique and it looks so good and i'm so glad they're not just copying some other like tv bullshit that just kind of looks trashy these days i mean it 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 still it looks fine but it looks cheap these days because nobody wants to spend good money making high quality 2d animation i was looking into it and uh and people were comparing this to like the 2003 uh, amazing spider-man show for mtv that had like doogie doing spider-man's voice because that was also cell shading and that, I mean, it really did not look good back then, but I'm like, you motherfucks, like this is almost 20 years later and this shit looks so fantastic and you fucking asshole fanboys are just sitting in your fucking basements going like, uh, it looks like a Spider-Man 2003, fuck cell shading, eat fucking shit, get out of here, this looks so good, I would gladly watch an entire animated movie based on, or, you know, that, that had this style. It looked so fucking good. And, and, and it was really well executed. Like the, the, yes. the little details and shit they put in there, like, like one time when uh captain Carter's fucking, I think she like bursts through like a, like a barricade and, and slams a bunch of Nazis against a wall with her, with her shield. And like one of them's falling down and then she just like fucking kicks him into the wall a second time. There's just this little <laughs> fucking detail. I was just like, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's so much happening. Like the, they spent some fucking money on this. Like they put yeah. some dough into this. Absolutely. And and the story was really cool. I, I like some of the dialogue was a bit like I, I guess cheese balling over the top. Like that that colonel guy with his whole like, you know, women don't belong belong on the front lines thing. Like his lines were like, okay, this guy is like way he's just more ridiculous. His, yeah, his dialogue was unbelievable. Pardon the expression, like it's it's cartoonish. Yes, like, yeah, but, yeah. It is a cartoon, but you don't want to write it to be cartoonish. And they didn't write anyone else really as being quite that cartoonish. There was, you know, the little jokes here and there, but uh, it was it, it just kind of it kind of took me out of the moment every time because it was just like, whoa, I could see Army guy saying some stuff, but like the way he talked, I don't know, it just sounded it just felt off to me. But I get they're trying to convey an idea in a really brief period of time. So they're trying to take like essentially the entirety of the first Avenger put it into like a little half hour animated thing. Like what if what happened? And, and I think generally they did a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Yeah. They it hit all the major beats. It had like those visual callbacks that, that were so necessary. And, you know, maybe since it is so soon, you know, it's less than a week away. Maybe we don't spoil the end, but like yeah. the end, like 
Angelina didn't see coming. And I was just like, oh, shit. Yep. Yep. Here we go. Like it it pays off just like an old issue of the what if comic books do, you know, yep. where it it gives you all the familiar beats that you, that you want and gives a little twist and then leaves leaves you wanting more. You know, and we're not going to get more. I don't think they're going to be tied in at all. But no, I did love, you know, like the setup with Jeffrey Wright doing the voice as the watcher. And then him doing like the description of the moment where, where things changed. Yeah. I thought that was a really nice touch. And you're like, oh shit, that's the part in the movie where, you know, she would have gone upstairs and she didn't. And that's why this changed. Like that was really cool. I also liked the imagery they used for the watcher where like, they didn't like show him necessarily. You just kind of see his silhouette, like integrated with the stars and the galaxy. Yeah. Space silhouette. Like that was fucking cool. So no, so far I fucking like it. I'm I'm stoked for the next one. I mean, if it keeps going this strong, it, it'll it might be my favorite Marvel Disney Plus show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. After Loki, it is good to be super stoked about something again. Actually, I guess also with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it was it was fine, but eh. Um. Okay, big boy. Yeah, let's go. So the Suicide Squad. What do you think? Rate it uh, from one to eight. Oh, that's a weird scale. All right. Um, uh, I know. Uh, I rate it. Uh, okay. So if I was to rate it like <laughs> against all movies ever, I'd probably give it a, a five. Okay. What about enjoyment factor? I'd probably, I'd probably give it a six and a half. Okay. Like that's kind of where I was sitting too. Like, like it was fun. It was it, like, I mean, it's so much better than the, old you know 2016 suicide squad yeah like it blows that out of the water and it's better than birds like it is the best entry thus far um i I liked how i mean it was like a straight up action comedy like i mean it had it had good action it had uh you know it it earned its r rating i guess you could say because there was a good bit of fucking gore and fucks in it yeah and uh, like, like the, the action was good. The gore was good. The jokes were mostly good. Like I definitely had a, a number of times where I audibly laughed and there was a few things that fell flat here and there, but you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. There were some jokes that were like too obvious or, you know, like, like, you know, you're like, oh, of course that's the joke that they would put there. Like if I, I mean, I don't know if this. I don't think this actually happened in, in this movie, but it's the, the level of joke where like, if I'm watching something and somebody says like, I see what you did there. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. That, that should never be written (laughs) in anything ever, ever again. Yeah. There were, there were some good jokes and there was some like big bang theory level jokes. Exactly. The obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I think generally they did a really good job with character development in it. Like, I mean, what character development there was, like they made all the characters feel unique and like they had like they had depth and backstory that it it got to it got to some of them here and there and it it, and maybe a little more than it needed to at times yeah man like it is interesting how you know Idris Elba was originally going to be replacing Will Smith as Deadshot and then he became Bloodsport and he's you know so some of that seemed to have carried over about the problems with the daughter and and you know that being his motivation even though i really did enjoy their interaction when they're just saying fuck you back and forth several times yeah but then you know yeah margot robbie like yeah she's doing her harley quinn thing um but i mean this may seem seem a little obvious but like i fucking love polka dot man yeah like he was so much fun. That that actor, uh, David Dasmalchen, is so much fun in whatever he's doing. He's so good. You know, he plays like a like a, a Russian character in the Ant Man movies. He was like the uh, the crazy uh, shooter in the Dark Knight back yeah. in the day, and and like he just he does such a good job in this. And without giving him, you know, tons of backstory, like he becomes like such a well-rounded character just talking, you know, he just mentions that his mom experimented, you know, wanted to make them superheroes. And then like that first line where he's like, Oh, I just expect, I just picture them as my mom. And you're like, huh, that's funny. Okay, great. He doesn't like his mom. But then when they actually start visualizing it, yeah. yeah, when, when, and, when and, like, where's your mom now? And he's like everywhere. And, they yeah, all- <laughs> and it's all of them. And then I tell you what, in the end with Starro, oh, yeah. and then, and then he pictures his mom as, I laughed out loud so fucking hard. Like I, I, I could not contain myself and that doesn't normally happen to me in movies. I can enjoy things, but like, I don't, I don't audibly express it during movies, but like 
I could not help myself just seeing that giant mom smashing a building and, and seeing him like blast at her foot. Just fuck. I loved that. But you know, and the, and then again with the obvious stuff, like it was so clear and predictable that he was about to get smashed. Oh yeah. It was the same way in, in, in guardians too. Like you're like, okay, here comes the punchline. It got quiet. Like I expected King shark to eat rat catcher too earlier when she was like, petting him and like smiling at the camera i'm like oh here comes the, yeah. the, or at the least, chomp or at least try to yeah yeah i was i was pretty shocked it didn't happen then yeah i, I mean i thought john cena killed it as well like he plays yeah. the the that kind of deadpan seriousness pretty fucking well and uh I, I liked i liked his peacemaker quite a bit yeah and he's gonna be getting an, an hbo max uh show oh really did you watch the post credit post credit no, scene? No, fuck post credit scenes. I'm fucking over that shit. I even looked for one and and didn't uh, like my HBO Max like went on the fritz. So and, and I wasn't gonna fast forward to the end. But apparently there is a post credit scene where he survived his uh, his showdown with Blood Sport. I wish I hadn't seen both the butthole joke and the uh, the bag of or you know beach full of dicks joke in in the trailer. trailers. Yeah, yeah, that that really killed those moments, but it was fun watching him and Bloodsport uh, murder the shit out of those yeah. those uh, trying to one up each other freedom fighters. Yeah, and the, and then and then to find out that they didn't need to do that at all. I'm um, I'm kind of surprised the the uh, the person leading that group wasn't more pissed. It's like, oh well, you just murdered my camp, but that's eh, cool. You guys are gonna help us get into power. So I was half expecting them to have to kill her. Yeah, how about Flag getting killed with a piece of a toilet? Yeah, I thought the weird little like heart animation thing they did was a bit unnecessary, like a little Mortal <laughs> Kombat fatality shot. <laughs> I like it more hearing it like that. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, the, the weakest spot of this movie was Harley Quinn, and which is odd because I think this is her strongest movie. Like, I, I think I liked her more in this movie than I liked her in any of the other movies or, you know, in, yeah. in Birds of Prey or the original Suicide Squad. But uh Unfortunately, I went into this movie already kind of sick of her. Yeah. She's got like a whole big side plot that doesn't really matter at all. Well, it does matter because she has to have screen time. Well, yeah, I know, but it, it, it <laughs> like it made no difference in the plot. Like she goes and that, yeah. that guy like wants to marry her and then like she just kills him and it's done. And then she breaks. It's like they're back where they would have been anyway. There's it had zero consequences at all. On yeah, it's just that dude needed to die so that general could get into power. No, he didn't. He didn't even need to exist. He only existed so that she could kill him and, and they could have that scene. He didn't even need to be in the movie at all. Oh, yeah, that's true. General could have just been in power from the start. Yeah, it was just it was it was 30 minutes of, a, of an over two hour movie that didn't need to be there other than, uh, you know, maybe Margot Robbie had like a screen time requirement in her contract. I don't fucking know. Yeah. It, yeah, I, it just I, didn't add like there was a couple couple decent jokish things in there but otherwise it was uh i don't know it just seemed unnecessary yeah like you said this this was her best go at harley quinn uh i i didn't see birds of prey but i kind of agree that i i mean i just never cared for her take much in the first place um i was worried a couple times where i was like oh wait so are they writing her into the role of just like girl who fucks dude and and like what are the what are they and then when she kills them i'm like oh okay okay good and then I'm like, wait, so are they writing her into the role of damsel in distress? And then when she has her big, like, she breaks herself out and then, and, uh, and, you know, gets to show up and they're like, oh, we were going to break you out. It was a good plan. Uh, then, then I'm like, okay, at least they didn't, they didn't relegate her to stereotypes. So I don't know. I, I didn't, I wasn't as bothered by her in this at all. I, I think the movie as a whole could have trimmed out a couple of, of either subplots or just events happening because it, it, it seemed a little too overstuffed yeah the whole the whole but, thing like on the way to the strip club and the and and the stuff they're like kind of I, I get it they wanted to do a little bit of you know character building there but it was a bit slow yeah and uh didn't necessarily pay off with anything interesting yeah it was it was kind of plotting you know where it was yeah. just like okay now something else is happening now something else okay here we go now we're getting to the meat and if you're going to throw Starro into a fucking Suicide Squad movie, well done. Yeah. You know, like oh, that, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. Seeing fucking Starro. Yeah. And then at the end, cool with, with just one line where, where he's just like, I was, what did he say? I, I was, was like, content floating in the stars or something like that. It's like, damn. Like, that's, that's pretty deep. Makes, makes you care a little bit. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He got he got fucked. Poor guy. Got like dragged yeah. out of space and then like tortured for thirty years. Yeah, I could see him being a bit pissed about that. It almost reminded me of like an eighties action movie where like the bad guys had like Rambo esque aim. You know, you have thirty guys shooting machine guns at somebody and no one's getting hit. And, you know, I don't fucking care. I I don't mind that at all. Whatever. It's a fucking big action yeah. movie. Doesn't need to make sense. Like the little star face huggers don't fucking care about them after they block their face for like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. They tried. Didn't work. Just yeah, gave up. Well, like, well. Whatever. There's, I mean, there's, you know, pretty thick plot armor on the characters here. And uh, I don't fucking <laughs> care because I didn't go into this movie for like a really deep story and plot and, uh, you know, oh, here's this big overarching thing. And you know, I went into this movie for some dick jokes and some action and some people getting their heads blown off. And it satisfied all three of those. Yeah. Movie, you, you get to see Pete Davidson get his face blown off real quick. I was stoked about that. Yeah, which I'm not really sure what he got shot with that makes your face only blow off. Yeah, from, from a from a head-on shot. It seems like it would have to be like a shot from the side that like just takes off the front of your face. Yeah, well, unless someone like shot one of his, you know, party members shot him because they're like, oh, fuck this guy and shot him <laughs> and the bullet went in the back of his head and blew out his face which I didn't even consider until now. Yeah, no kidding, because he was ratting them out. Yeah. If I was any one of them, I would have shot the fuck out of him, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, all in all, I think it was a it was a fun, raunchy, gory, well, not raunchy, but gross-out gore uh, yeah. James Gunn action adventure flick. I, I enjoyed it. No, no I, I would absolutely recommend seeing it. Yeah. It was fun. And, and you know... Fun is not a word I have used to describe a lot of DC movies. It's true. I think that's why people liked uh, Aquaman and Shazam. So that, that's that's a good thing for them. They need to be able to do fun. And and not necessarily like Marvel fun. I'm glad that it, that it's fun, but not Marvel. So Ben, I've got a little surprise for you. I love surprises. This is something that I probably should have sent you a, a link for because you might be excited, but that's not the sort of thing we do here. <laughs> that's a reference to something that happened off mic. Yeah, if you're curious to, to hear what I'm talking about, you can go listen to What's Your Spaghetti Policy, where we uh, just did a guest spot on in the middle of recording <laughs> this episode. <laughs> yep. It looks like we have a release date for The Samaritan. I saw that. Yeah, so it is a thing. You didn't tell me about it? Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're looking at uh, August 2022. So apparently it was supposed to release in June, and nobody ever really said it wasn't. So that was that was really bizarre that like up and up and to the date, we still thought that it was coming out, and then we questioned whether or not it actually existed on this very show. So, um, I was stoked when I saw that. I was stoked for you, because I know you're following this With bated closely. breath. I was surprised it was so far out. Like, if it was supposed to release, like, in July, and supposedly it's done, and they wrapped filming a long time ago, why are they waiting? Like, are they hoping, like, movie theaters will come back more by then? Because yeah. I, I don't think anyone's impressed with box office numbers right now for the stuff that is <laughs> no. releasing. Like Suicide Squad, I guess back on that, like uh, I guess they are pretty disappointed with how it did in the box office. But when you're offering it for free to anyone with HBO Max, I think that could be expected. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who's disappointed in the Suicide Squad box office is pretty dumb. Like I think your your level of disappointment goes up with your level of ignorance you know like like you can't be that disappointed knowing exactly what's happening and and expecting it to perform well like not even black widow performed well and yeah, right you know like fast nine performed well because it's it's not anywhere else you had to go to the theaters to see it and people were excited you know delta hadn't caught on yet so and I would have gone to the theaters to see Suicide Squad, because after I saw The Green Knight, I got uh, Fandango said, you got $5 off on a movie of your choice. And I was going to use it for Suicide Squad, but uh, then I could watch it for free at home, so I didn't do that. Yeah, I, I very happily watched it for free downstairs. Angelina went up to watch something else, and I, I watched it by myself, and it was a good time. So I guess that little Samaritan thing was <laughs> almost neither here nor there. So I, I guess... Uh, I think this is interesting um, or or exciting, even though I'm probably never going to do it. Disney 
uh, announced the Starliner or whatever hotel, like a Star Wars Starliner hotel, which is basically a two night, two and a half day Star Wars LARP that uh, oh, shit. that sounds super fucking rad. Uh, so basically, like you go on, you take a fake spaceship like launch ship up to a Star Wars themed hotel that looks like a like a cruise a space cruise ship. Uh it's they've got like actors and stuff. The whole thing it basically it's it's like a larp. Like you get a role, you get to like make decisions, play a character, you get fed, you get like a half day excursion to Batu when you go to like Galaxy's Edge. And then you get back on and and you know do another night at the space hotel. And you've got like private rooms with like a, a window that looks out into space. Yeah, I, re- I remember that being one of the last things we'd heard. How they're going to have like essentially TV screens as windows that project space. Yeah, and you're—I mean, it—it it looks fucking awesome. It looks like something I would absolutely love to do. However, the price tag is a bit steep. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it came in, uh, so like if for a, uh, I, I say a family of four, because that's usually how people go to Disneyland. Yeah. And that's the size of your family. In a standard cabin is uh, it's $6,000 for two nights. And on that note, I would never, ever take my family to this. There's no fucking way I'm paying that kind of money for those, you know, ungrateful little children and my wife that can't be bothered to role play at all. If I was going to go to this thing, I would I would find three other fucking Star Wars, like hardcore Star Wars nerds and be like, all right, guys, 1500 bucks each. Let's do this. Oh, shit. I mean, yeah, if I had that kind of disposable income, then I would totally do it because that would be fun. But no. Wow. That's that's a whole lot. Um, so I've got questions. Is this going to be th- this is going to be in Anaheim then, right? At, at Disneyland? I think it's in Florida. I think it's at Disney World, I believe. Okay, pardon my ignorance, but Disney World has a Galaxy's Edge? Because I thought they didn't. You know, I thought they didn't also, but I I thought I heard someone say this was in Florida. So uh, pardon my ignorance. I have no fucking idea. (laughs) Hey, listeners, pardon our respective ignorances. It's in space, John. It's a Starliner. (laughs) Well, yeah, because I didn't know about that. So like... I don't know that that almost kind of takes me out hearing that that there's going to be, you know, an excursion into Batu, but you're just going to see a bunch of fucking regular earth people walking around there and their fucking Mickey ears and shit. I don't I don't know if I like that. Yeah, I don't know if you get any sort of I mean, I I know you get like uh like scheduled access to some of the rides and shit and some special events and stuff. So I'm not entirely sure. It looked like like they have a sample itinerary of like here's the kind of stuff you could do, but I mean, I imagine there's lots of other things that you could also do there. I mean, the part that's exciting for me is like a, a like a, a two day fucking Star Wars LARP with Disney fucking production values sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe once we get that that fat Hollywood check for space oddities, we'll yeah. we'll have to make sure we do that. I mean, and fifteen hundred bucks for two days is a little expensive. Or it's a lot expensive. Yeah. But it's a, it's not. I mean, like you, you say $6,000, that's crazy. But like if it was only, if, all, if I only had to pay the 1500 and still got to experience it with three other nerds that paid their 1500 that's not as bad. If I, if I can leave my family at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially after my, my Disneyland experience earlier this summer. I don't, I don't think I'd, uh, I don't think I'd be doing that either. Yeah, yeah, like you spent more than that to take to take the family to Disneyland, and uh, you know, this you just take yourself and have a good time. Yeah, <laughs> buy a duck for the kid before I leave. Yeah, she can say stay excited. <laughs> um, well, I think that's about all I've got. So, uh, and well, I guess that was what that that was a joint effort between us because I had it in my notes, but. I did not bring it to the table for, with any real discussion. Um, so do you want to move on to recommendations? Yeah, let's recommendate. You want to take it? Sure. Yeah, so I've got a couple of recommendations. I guess coming off of Star Wars, I, I found a new YouTube channel that mm-hmm. uh, that I really like. And the guy, so it's called So Uncivilized. Um, and, I, and it's all Star Wars content that I could see on there. I don't know if like maybe he had this channel before, because I'm not sure what that reference to Star Wars is. But, uh, like his first video is a very succinct 
fairly persuasive seven-minute defense of Jar Jar Binks. Jeez, he's one of them. But he, I mean, he's not really one of them. Like he, he doesn't like he's not a Jar Jar lover. Are there? Is is that a type? I don't think there are any of them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not a thing, right? But it, basically, his argument is that uh, Jar Jar Binks is like the hero slash protagonist of the Phantom Menace. And he actually does have a decent arc. And, uh, you know, it's a reasonably compelling argument. And uh, the thing I like about his videos is that they're fairly insightful. He, he, he brings quite a bit of stuff to the video. And they're, they're all under like 12 minutes. My biggest problem would be somebody trying to convince me that Jar Jar just isn't fucking annoying. Because that's my problem. I don't give a shit if he's got a character arc or anything, but I don't want him there. He doesn't argue against that at all. Jar Jar is yeah, okay. annoying. Like I said, he's very reasonable about it. It's a very persuasive argument that puts mm. him in a slightly better light. But he does, he's got one on like Luke's character and, and he's just got a few. He's only got like seven videos of it. It looks like he puts one out like every three to six months. Okay. What's that? Uh, what's that called again? It's called So Uncivilized. So Uncivilized. But, uh, All right. I'll look nice, that up right now. Like when I was on the plane, I was looking for videos to watch and I had one. Uh, I can't remember who did it. It was, But it was called How to Kill a Franchise about the, the sequel series. And I'd, it'd been on my, like, watch later list forever because it was an hour and 45 minutes long. And it's like, Whoa. I'm, like, never am I going to sit down and watch this. Except then I did, I like, I downloaded it and watched it on the plane. But, uh, like, 12 minutes is much more my speed when I'm browsing stuff on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Though that other video was pretty good. It was a good critique of the sequels. And, and at the end, he gives, like, his own, like, this is what they should have been. And, like, does his own treatment of what the sequels should have been. And it would have been better. He was right. Low I'm bar. sure there are a lot of videos out there. <laughs> yes, that, uh, yeah. that they can do that. <laughs> and then uh, I've got one more, but do you want me to go and then you go? Yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. So uh, the one other thing I want to hype, I guess, uh, plug to a degree, I mean, I have nothing to do with it, but uh, is, uh, like I said, I went to Authors and Dragons Con this uh, past weekend. Uh, it was super fun. Those guys are awesome. It was it was a really good time. Uh, they write a book series called Shingles, and it's like an adult goosebumps for terrible people. Um, so they've, they've got titles like, you know, Space Werewolves from Planet Sex, uh, the ghost of Ho- the ghost of Hooker Alley, the monkey's penis, uh, aliens wrecked my kegger, and you can get those at Barnes and Noble, right? Um, probably monkey's not. penis. Uh, but the the covers are designed; they all look like Goosebumps books, except it's shingles because you know adults, and uh, they they are fucking phenomenal. Uh, I I they're they're all like little novellas, you know, they're like Goosebumps sized books, mm-hmm. and they are just perfect uh, size for me. They're just terrible and, uh, and, and, and crass and hilarious. But outside of recommending those, one of the big announcements out of the con is that they are trying to make a shingles movie. Oh, shit. You know, that it's, it's live on Indiegogo right now. Uh, they're trying to fund it. It's, it's being put together by Steve Rosinski. He's the guy that he like directed, wrote and starred in a movie called Carousel or Caris Hell about, about a, a, carousel unicorn that comes to life uh or that is a sentient nazi and is trapped at an amusement park and manages to escape and murders everybody awesome and uh it's it's fucking lovely it's trashy in all the right ways he's gonna do it for him and uh i'm super stoked to see this thing become a reality so uh go check out shingles if you haven't read any of the shingles books or seen any of the stuff uh go check them out and if you if you're into that kind of shit you fucking freak Maybe go back to the movie because it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I was looking up shingles because, uh, well, question for you. Are, are, do they have these printed physically or are they all just digital? Oh, no. Yeah, they Kindle? have them physically. They were selling a bunch of them at the, uh, oh, man. At okay, the, I'm gonna at have, the con. I'm going to have to buy some because there, there's also uh, such future classics like, uh, you know, a, a, a take on the whole ventriloquist dummy thing with a book mm-hmm. called Put Your Hand in My Ass. Yep. Um, there is one called it came from my butthole. Um, so yeah, yeah, there, there are a lot of these books. Well, yeah, there's a ton of them cause they take turns. I think they put one out like every month and a half or so. Oh, okay. So, so certain authors do certain ones. Yeah. Yeah. Different do because authors of dragons, they're all, they're, you know, six fantasy comedy writers. Yeah. And so they take turns writing shingles books. I think most of them are written by Robert Bevan cause He's uh, the most prolifically depraved of the bunch. 
I know what you dicked last summer. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah, they're solid gold. Go check that shit out. And I'll put the link in the show notes for the Indiegogo. Well, I've I've got a little recommendation. Uh, it's it's just a little baby one so far because it was just a single issue of a comic book that came out this week. But after much waiting, uh, we finally got our first issue of Batman 89. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, you talking about that. Yeah. Uh, written by Sam Hamm, uh, the writer of the screenplay of the uh, the original Tim Burton movie. And drawn by Joe, I'm not sure if he actually pronounces his name Quinones or Quinones, but it's Q-U-I, but like his his Instagram handle is spelled K-W-I. So I'm like, is he trying to tell me something or is he just playing on the fact that <laughs> some people call him Quinones? Um, and it is fantastic. It's it's a love letter to the Tim Burton verse. We're picking up with uh, with uh, Billy D. Williams, Harvey Dent. Um you know, dating a Barbara Gordon, they're, they're going after Batman. And so does it pick up where the movie left off? Um, not exactly. No, it, it just definitely takes place in that world. Okay. Um, it, it seems like Batman's been around for years at this point. Like Bruce Wayne's got like gray temples, you know, how, how they like to do that in comic books. And, um, there's a Robin that's, uh, that's showing up and there, there was a really neat spread cause it, it takes place on Halloween and all of the people in Halloween costumes are from Tim Burton uh, properties. Awesome! So it was it was, it was fun to to look at that. Um, there's definitely a lot of love coming into this book, and then at the end of the month we'll have Superman seventy eight, and I can't wait to see some uh, some Christopher Reeve Superman goodness. I'm really looking forward to it. They're gonna have a a Brainiac in there that it appears to be based on David Bowie, which would have been fantastic casting. David Bowie Brainiac. That would have been awesome. Um, and then an, another plug here, like I, a recommendation. I don't have, I don't really have much new stuff that I, that I'm into, but I recently just sort of went down a rabbit hole of interviews and concert footage from the Smiths, uh, which was one of my favorite bands in high school. I, I love Johnny Marr and Morrissey and uh, Mike Joyce, and can't remember the bass player's name. Whoops. Um, but I, I reignited my love for their music, and then it was really interesting. Like, I watched a documentary on the Smiths and how they were just together for five years and all the shit that they, that they put together and went through, and then the legal battles afterwards. And then I also went into some Morrissey solo stuff. But I really, really enjoy the Smiths. And if you're at all curious, you know, they, they're, they were huge for a reason. Go check them out. Johnny Marr's uh, guitar licks are unique and fantastic. And Morrissey sounds like Kermit the Frog. Sorry mm -hmm. for ruining Morrissey for you. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> he's also really talented. I enjoy, I enjoy listening to him. Yeah. I was never a big Smiths fan, but, uh, Johnny Mars is a, is a phenom on the guitar. Yeah. Yeah, he, he sure. does things people just wouldn't think to do. I can just never get around Morrissey. It's it's interesting if you if you watch Morrissey or listen to him in interviews, he's a much more normal person than uh, than the caricature of Morrissey. You know, just oh, I'm so lonely. You know, like he's he's actually a pretty normal person, and I think I think he would be good conversation. I don't think he he's quite the the pompous jackass piece of shit who's always sad that, uh, that he's often portrayed as, or maybe he just puts on a good interview. So you can't tell what, a you know, yeah. all that stuff I just said that I don't remember. He does he all is. the right drugs first. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Smith's and Batman 89, check them both out kids. Oh, wow. Two, two references from the eighties that, uh, that were definitely 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, last week I like remembered the Moody Blues. Like I got I was like, man, I haven't thought of the Moody Blues in a long ass time and went back and started listening to uh some Moody Blues yes yesterday while I was doing some shit and I was like, fuck, this is good. I fucking love the Moody Blues. Like like I I, I don't think I'd listen to a single other than like Nights in White Satin coming on somewhere. I don't think I'd yeah. like done a dive into the Moody Blues in like probably close to a decade. Like it'd been a long time. Like I'd totally forgotten forgotten they even existed. Oh man, if I could put together a group of dudes where we could cover uh I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band. Yeah. Holy shit, that would be a dream of mine. Uh, yeah, I've, every time I listen to the Moody Blues, 
well, at least certain tracks, the, the, the less popular tracks, because those have just always been around on the radio. But I always go back to college. That's when I really super got into the Moody Blues. And I remember my neighbors, because I was, I was like 21, 22, and my neighbors were, you know, like 18-year-old girls right out of high school. And they're just like, what the fuck are you even listening to? Because I'd like put that on at a party that I was having. Yeah. And be like, shut something. the fuck up and get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they ended up making like mixed CDs for my parties and I fucking hated every second of it. Like it was like once I got drunk enough, that's when the Moody Blues would come on. Cuz I'm like, "Eh, you chicks are just going to take off anyway cuz you you just want me to buy you alcohol." Like, "I'm done but, with you kids. I'm putting on my music." Yeah, time to clear out, motherfuckers. I'm going to be sad. <laughs> Morrissey's next. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So that's what I got bitching so for regular listeners of the show we'd had uh quite a feud for the last couple months well i guess it wasn't quite a feud it was just a a, a fun little little exchange yeah our one of our um our regular listeners named bloodbath on our website who he's he's probably one of the only but definitely the most prolific uh commenter on our website gave us a, a little well-deserved critique on our disney episode you know i mean uh, but another one of our listeners, Dan from the movie seller did not agree. And boy, did he fire back and, uh, we were trying to start a proxy war. Um, but then bloodbath came back with a, with a much more somber, uh, response. So we, we thought, we thought the, uh, the war was over, but we did get a voicemail from Dan. Um, but yeah, sorry. You want to take it, Ben? Bloodbath is, is a gentleman that I've, I've, I've known for a few years, um, in my real life. I yeah, we played D&D with him for a, few, for a couple years, and uh, he's an all-around good guy, and unfortunately, this last week, uh, he passed. And so playing, a, uh, playing a, a, a voicemail of Dan telling him to go fuck himself seemed like it was in poor taste. Um, he, was, he was a really good guy. Um, he, like, he was always the first to kind of offer help and come, uh, you know, offer his assistance in pretty much anything that was going on. You know, you needed a hand doing something. He was always there. And he leaves behind, you know, a, a wife and two young kids. And, uh, you know, it's a bit of a bummer to lose, you know, to lose a friend for me, but to, and to lose, you know, one of our, our ardent, loyal listeners who's always, you know, someone who could, who would chime in and tell us what he thought on even if it was you fucking suck sometimes and uh and uh he will be sorely missed yeah it was it was weird i you know we'd gotten a bunch of comments on our gta episode from him and i i responded to them you know the the morning of the morning that i found out so it was it was definitely a um a sobering moment um yeah i mean you were you were definitely you were definitely closer with him than i was but you know I remember playing D and D with him for for the little bit that I did play back in the day, but then for me it was mostly just, yeah. You know, like I think, I, yeah, I saw him at your your son's birthday party a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. Always a nice guy. Always positive. Yeah. Yep. Always, always fun. So, uh, rest in peace, buddy. Yep. R.I.P. Um, and with that, I think we'll we'll close out the show. If you want to uh, hit us up. Let us know what you think about any of these episodes. Uh, you can do it at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias, Facebook, Geek Exploration, the podcast page, uh, Instagram, Geek Exploration Podcast, Twitter at Geek Pod, um, or you can call us. Um, and we, we'll most likely, you know, unless <laughs> unless circumstances are, are, uh, are dire like this, um, then we'll, we'll play your, your thing on the show. Um, it's 916-ORC-TURD. That is 916-O-R-C-T-U-R-D. And if you enjoy the show, uh, please uh, go by and give us a, one of those review things on uh, Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or um, Skywriting. I think that's still a thing, right? Um, if, if you do it over the greater Sacramento area, uh, let us know. We might, we might see it. Yeah, we ain't going to see shit with all this fucking, fucking smoke. smoke. Yeah. Anyway, do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and our theme song is Celebration by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Bye. 
Uh, we're also part of a, a oh yeah a thing, and we also have a thing to sell. Oh we've, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've got uh, we are part of the Geekly Grind podcast network, uh, and uh, we've got a place where you can buy t-shirts and comic books uh it's not the same place <laughs> <One stop. laughs> what the fuck are you even doing <laughs> we can't recover we can't rally from from uh from bad news uh, it's all over uh but yeah one shop.geekexplorationpodcast.com and uh the other one is space oddities comic.com yeah and, uh, or you can uh go to beefy mcstudley oh, at yeah. big cart or wait Beefy nope, McStudley dot big cartel slash. Oh shit. Hold on. Let me look it up. I'm, I'm not good at this. Or at least I'm not the only one beefing it. Yeah. It's a uh, beefy McStudley with an L E Y at the end, uh, dot big cartel.com. There's original art and you can get the, uh, the physical comic book there. And you can make John draw you something. Yeah. I'll draw you anything you pay me for. Oh, you just said that to the internet, John. Good. <laughs> I, 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 that's all I want to do. You want me to draw a, a weird butt thing? Okay, fine. I want to make. I want to make money. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Space anus. Uh, all right, there we go. We're back on track. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, see ya later. Hello, Geek Explorers. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a site dedicated to all things geeky, from video games to anime, D&D, board games, comics, and more. Since 2015, we've worked to provide fresh geek content and reviews weekly. A big part of our content expansion has been the creation of our very own podcast network, of which this very show has become a part of. If you're listening to this, chances are you need no introduction to the awesome commentary that John and Ben are serving up weekly on everything from Saturday morning cartoons nostalgia to recapping Disney's latest crazy announcements and much more. However, if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your commute, or maybe you have a new working from home arrangement, we've got a few other shows to spotlight that would be a great addition to any geek's media menu. First, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a fantastic series that spotlights anime and manga, new and old. On Mondays, they review more recent releases, while Fridays are reserved for older titles. Anime not really your thing? How about comic books? Join Lance and Chris over at Comic Book Keepers as they discuss comic books, heroes, and their impact on our lives. Maybe you're a big Dungeons & Dragons fan. Well, I would invite you to join the Knights of the Rolled Table, a comedic and family-friendly audio drama featuring a cast of improv actors bringing their unique flair to D&D. Whatever your geeky interests, chances are we've got a podcast for you, and we're excited to offer convention access, giveaway content, and more as part of our partnership with Geek Exploration in the future. See you out in the Geekosphere. <laughs>